When the world seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore Here it comes, that glimmer of hope A light shines through the dark It's a hopeless show With Aaron and Rohit Woe It's a hopeless show What is up? What is up? Another episode of The Hopeless Show. Rohit. Hey, Aaron. Hi. 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 Oh, just, you know, I'm just still, you know, every time I hear an intro song, it just makes me so happy. It does. Cause it's because you're listening, right? Yeah. Yeah. I know. Um, it, well, guess what? That's what? the theme of today's show. <laughs> oh, tell me more. Tell us more. So everything that we touch on today, except for the things where we forget to reference it, are going to tackle or going to touch on the subject of listening, of listening to something, to one another, to of having an open ear. And that brings me hope because a conversation is only as good as the listener. So that's what the old adage is, I think. Conversation is only as good as the listener. So Let's uh, let's see where listening plays into this. And we also have some crazy shit to talk about from Banana Land to airport lounges to the Don calling for an uprising and WF Bugs, El Toro, something about the Taliban. So we're covering it all while listening. Yeah. And, you know, we are we don't get far in life unless we listen. And and Aaron, I think that we are finally in a place where. You know, we can all just sit back for 45 minutes and just hear each other, hear ourselves. I mean, it's important that the most important thing for me to listen to personally is myself. Um, <laughs> you know, I love hearing my own voice, but I also love hearing your voice. And we hope that the listeners, we're just kidding, by the way, we're not that full of ourselves. Um, no, we're just vamping. But we yeah, we have, like Aaron said, we have a good show. Um, and what we usually start off for any of our new listeners that have come in over the past few weeks because of our new logo, um, which we assume yeah. you know is a reason we're starting to see a spike in listeners. Um, but uh, we usually start off each show with news from the bomb shelter, which used to be news from the quarantine. Um, hopefully we don't have to use either of those news froms uh, soon there enough. But yeah, Aaron, what's the latest news from the bomb shelter? Well, last week we talked a bit about this Facebook thing that I've gotten into of, and, and Instagram of putting, of just writing kind messages when I see something, when I happen to go on one of them and see something that's from uh, President Biden. Simple things. And I'll write simple things. So you told me, and, but then I've gotten a ton of hate from it. I mean, tons. Like, People have started going on my personal pages and writing things. It's it's gotten deep, but I kind of love it. So and you told me to love it, so I have to love it. Yeah. And so can, but then there was a one that made me feel like, I don't know, like, like are we that dark in society? Because this happened over the news from the bomb shelter time. So I'll read you what he wrote. What? Well, no. I mean, let's be honest. Biden isn't writing these things. He has people who do this for him. Yeah. But maybe he reads them and approves them. So he wrote this. And this is what, this is over the bombshell. It just made me feel like, wow, nobody listens to each other. Nobody can even listen to someone 
if they're just being nice. So he wrote, as part of my announcement to get relief to Americans with student debt, I'm holding colleges accountable for jacking up costs without delivering value to students. My predecessor looked the other way. My administration is taking them on. We've terminated college accreditors that allowed colleges like ITT and Corinthian to defraud borrowers. U.S. Department of Education will also publish an annual list of colleges that leave students with unmanageable debt so that students can avoid these programs. So I wrote, this is truly awesome. College is only good if it actually helps you get further in life, not if it sets you back. Thank you for setting a new standard of accountability. And what, what do you think of that, of my response? To the, this isn't I, about the even forgiving debt. It's literally just holding bullshit universities accountable so that they can't get away with just stealing people's money. Oh, yeah. And, and accreditors. Yeah, I mean, colleges started raising their rates when the loans became so easy to get. And I think they it, it was everyone should have the chance to go to college. I actually do believe in a universal education initiative for higher education. Fully believe in that. But I think when colleges are charging $60,000 a semester and people are just going there to party and colleges, they don't mind. They don't mind at all. I mean, hell, Ivy Leagues, you actually can't even really fail unless you truly try to, right? It's once you yeah. get in, you're in. So like the idea that one, colleges uphold some sort of meritocracy and that and what you get what you're paying for is completely bullshit. You pay to get your name next to a title. Um, and if you happen to be in a STEM field or in a technical field, Yes, the, or you know, or even you know, a medical field or, or legal field, an important field. Unlike unlike me, the communications and film major, um, and marketing <laughs> major, you know, uh, uh, that was like, yeah, that, I mean, that's why I'm a podcast host, not a billionaire right now. Um, but I think it's it's the accountability needs to come from colleges justifying their high prices because it's out of control. Well, well, this is why this is a good thing. This is yeah. my point. This is why this is a good thing. And holding them accountable is good. And then people kept chiming in after this that what I said was like the worst thing ever when yeah. I don't think they realized that holding uh, universities accountable is a good thing for everyone. There shouldn't be one person in our country that doesn't think holding a system accountable for so they don't take advantage of U.S. citizens isn't a good thing. Yet I was told I was a liar. I was told I was pathetic and ignorant, a moocher. Um, I was told that, let's see, that I'm corrupt. <laughs> and all that, I mean, yeah, and the I mean, list goes on. So I just felt, so as we get into topic one, that this was an example of people aren't listening. Like what I wrote was, and what he wrote was simply saying, we want to hold them accountable and he's going to make it so that they have to be held accountable and you have a source that you can go to to look and see if the university you're applying to is up to the standards that are necessary and accreditors can't just give accreditation to some BS university. What's wrong with that? Nothing. I, but if people aren't listening. Yeah, I, I, I personally think the education system, what's happened to education, what's happened to educators, what's happened just to, there's no accountability that any colleges have 
anymore for anything, for their pricing, for how they treated students during the pandemic where they're charging full tuition, but having them do online courses right. with them stomping out free speech from them being just like all ridiculous. I, what happens happening to universities is terrible. What's happening to the people that are also going to universities is, is also, I think everybody needs to be held accountable. I don't think so that they're- like, We're in agreement. Yes, We're in total yes. agreement. But why, like the fact that people on this they don't listen. They're literally not reading a thing that is just should be liked by everyone. That's what drove me nuts. Like, it, this is, like, so, this is something that everyone should agree with. Yeah. I don't know why. It's like saying, I don't like you should use a fork when you eat. <laughs> yeah, like, it's like when. Yeah, it's, why? Why can't people listen at all? Like at all? Just, just because someone you don't like says something, if you agree with it, you can at least be like, all right, I agree with that person. You know, you can you can it's just it's crazy we're it's too tribal i mean that, that that's a very easy way out of the conversation but it's tribalism that's the only reason people aren't listening is because while they don't speak a different language people don't want to hear from the other tribe anymore um well i want to hear from your tribe thank you for that so i want to hear from your tribe and now we go into topic one yeah topic one is something that i think uh is actually this is it's dark uh -oh. and I know I've started out with some dark topics like animal abuse and like murder and stuff before, but this might be the worst of them all. And I want to talk oh, and, about and, and a, a wal no a walrus no uh, yeah walrus. yeah yeah a walrus that was murdered because people are like oh what if it hurt somebody let's kill this whole helpless animal. Um, so that's a previous episode. What I think is one of the most disturbing things recently, and I've experienced it myself, believe it or not. But when I was traveling recently. All the airport lounges have recently been full. And <laughs> this is this is the biggest tragedy. <laughs> yeah, and it sucks. And uh, according to a an article by Business Week, um, they're saying with American Express and City that have now been enabling premium card holders. So like my American Express Platinum enables me to get into a certain type of lounges. They're not always the best lounges. Sometimes they're nice. It's kind of hit or miss. Um, and the, you know, when I was just transferring in Amsterdam both ways, my lounges were completely full. And, oh. and think I about mean, this. In my two-hour layover, I had to, like, plug in, you know, use the restroom, brush my teeth. And now I had to do that in the regular public airport bathrooms. I mean, Amsterdam, the Schiphol Airport is very nice. <laughs> but I just, yeah, Aaron, this just sucks because I do travel a lot. And now my lounge access is getting ruined by everybody else that has the same card as me. Um, help me find hope for this. I One, I just want to say I hear you, I listen, and I feel your pain. Thank you. It is, uh, it's, look, it's tough to be you. And for everyone else listening who thinks that Rohit's topic might be a little, a little uh, obnoxious, you're right, it is. It's very obnoxious. It is obnoxious yet we can't not listen to people even if they say something that is obnoxious and completely tone deaf and <laughs> my pain is real Rohit's pain is real to him and so here is what i offer you rohit in your completely tone deaf topic one airports are fascinating to explore when you go to the lounge you're stuck in one area when I go to different airports, it's always interesting to go explore the terminal. See what, like, what are the the newspaper stores like? You know, those, like, basic, every airport has a different one. Every state has a different one. 
Like so whatever I the like, International Hudson News is. Yeah, the International Hudson News. So like, I like to see what that is. I like to see what kinds of food offerings there are at the airport. I just think airports are another way to learn a culture. You go to the sports store that's in every airport and you see what the local teams are and what teams they like a lot and different mascots. You can actually learn about the other culture or the culture of the airport you're at by not having that lounge access and just being an entitled person. So I recommend next time enjoying that exploration that you're given if you can't go to the to the airport lounge and instead really learn about the culture and you'll come back with a lot more than a full belly and three drinks in you. That's very fair. I mean, and no massaging chairs or big screen theaters. Um, <laughs> but you know, you make a good point. And yeah, next time in the lounge and when all the other platinum holders have already taken my spot, um, I will think about that. And you know what I did, you know, before we move on to the next topic, there was uh, a few times ago, a few trips ago, I was, we were passing through, I think also might've been Amsterdam, maybe. Um, and I went to the Lacoste store in there and they had not only some limited stuff that was like sold out in like the US locations, but also that was on like 50% off sale and stuff that I wanted is like, oh, I'll get that on the flight home since I don't have to carry it to my destination. But then it was gone by the time we returned. Um, <laughs> but, so, but so you can find good airport deals and, especially, and also duty free. So that's something, yeah, okay. There you go. Yeah, great. So, yeah, I just need to have somebody tell me it'll be okay, and I think you did that in your own way. Um, so <laughs> thanks, gonna, Aaron. It's going to be okay. I heard you. This, this is the Hopeless Show. We're able to find hope in the darkest corners of the world. Including uh, airport lounges. Yes, yes. So now we have, a we have a piece we always do on this show, except when we don't want to because we don't want to face the realities of it. <laughs> and that is the Crypto Watch segment. And cryptocurrency, we have been giving advice that we tell no one to take for a long time on this show. Thank and God we did, because we lost so much money. Anyway, go ahead, yeah. So we do that, we give people advice and we talk about it, and then everything's basically sunk into a, the bottom of a desolate soul. And, but I, I heard something that made me feel even worse than what's happened with just the crypto market. You know who's suffering because of cryptocurrency going down the toilet lately? Uh, can I guess? And then you tell me the answer? Yeah. Um, I'm going to guess drug dealers. You know, I hope they're doing okay, but it's not drug dealers. Same. It is, it is sex workers. Oh. Sex workers are struggling because of crypto, because they used to be paid during the boom, 2017, 18, 19, and then in the pandemic in cryptocurrency. And lately, according to multiple articles, sex workers, people aren't will, going, willing to part with their cryptocurrency because it's not worth as much and they don't wanna get rid of something that they don't feel they have an abundance of. And so they, one, uh, there was one sex worker named Bitcoin Stripper who told the, uh, the outlet Coindesk that it is significantly less common among clients to use cryptocurrency and it's, and it's reshaping the landscape. So they're just not making as much money because it said an average sex worker was making, could make up to $1.3 million a year in, in the sex trade 
at the height of the crypto market because they were just collecting this stuff and it was going up in value and that's out the window. So oh what do gosh. you think of that? One, I should have been a sex worker. Um, <laughs> two, I mean, what happens when you're done? You're like, oh, I left the Dogecoin on the table. Like, yeah. how do you have, like, you know, like, I guess you can do like, oh, you know how Aaron and I, in God, must maybe two years ago, we had like a whole tutorial on just how to buy some of these altcoins and it was like a 12 step process. Do oh, you just, awful. do you just sit there with like a cigarette in your mouth and you're like, all right, well, first you got to download MetaMask and then from <laughs> MetaMask, then you have to uh, convert your uh, Ethereum. Yeah, yeah, convert your Ethereum into a different type of coin and that, you know, just like, yeah, then do all that kind of shit. Is that what they had to do? And that, and does that count towards the hour? Um, <laughs> these are, these uh, are the questions that I have. I think they were mainly being paid in not the stupid stuff we did, but just Bitcoin and Ethereum. <laughs> okay. So, okay. So I guess, yeah. So I guess come rocket maybe was not, <laughs> oh, yeah. that was not the, the use of that coin. No, it wasn't the answer. Okay. So yeah. we, I just hope that we get cryptocurrency back on track so that the sex workers out there can all flourish again. Love it. Love it. Love it. Well, and let's, I, I think, I think if anything helps crypto and it helps voluntary sex workers and drug dealers and all other people that do cool shit, <laughs> then that's great. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And speaking of cool shit, let's move on to our sports update. Yeah, so the Orioles somehow, and everybody here, especially Aaron, as long as I've known and knows how pessimistic I am about the Baltimore Orioles, right now are only one and a half games out of the playoff spots, and we just took two out of three in Houston, the number That's two nuts. team in baseball um, that this is past nuts. weekend. Yeah. If that well, felt, so can I ask you what it was like watching the team against the Astros? Um, it felt so nerve-wracking, and they're all late-inning wins. Um and not all, sorry, two, you know, one was late inning win. Um, and the, we almost actually, we had the go ahead run at the plate, Rugnetto door, bottom of the ninth, full count, two outs, runners oh. first and second, we're down by two. And I just felt it, I was like, I think something's gonna happen here. I really think something's gonna happen here. And then he just swung and missed on that strike three. Um, <laughs> but I was like, God, motherfuck. yeah, but I still felt happy. I mean, it would've been great to sweep Houston. Um, but we have, we're in it. We still got a month of baseball left to go in the regular season and the Orioles are still in contention. September baseball is real in Baltimore and for all Orioles fans around the world. That happens for me once a decade. So this is great. I, as I told you, and you said you'd listen to me more about the Orioles. You were it's right. It's going to happen multiple times in this decade. Like, like at least the next three or four years, they'll be in it. Their farm team is insane. I mean, we've got like, like four, like, elite tier shortstops that are either currently in the majors or on their way up. Yep. So from Gunnar Henderson, Jackson holiday, we've even had, um, our current shortstop. Uh, oh my God. Um, um, drawing blank. Mateo. Mateo, Jorge Mateo. Um, who's been a revelation this year. Um, yeah, so he's great. yeah, we're going to be a team that's full of shortstops. <laughs> our shortstops going to start pitching, but I feel good. I feel good. Um, well, Congratulations, Rohit. I, I hear you. I've been listening to your pain, and I told you we would bring you hope. And now you have hope. You have. And let's also not forget to shout out the 
Aaron's Los Angeles Dodgers, who are far and away the winningest team in baseball right now at 88 and 38. They're 50 games above 500, and that's just stupid. But it sadly means nothing come playoff time. So let's see what happens because a lot of yeah. people keep getting hurt. But yeah. I, I will keep my hope alive. And then I have to tell you about this other, this other thing that I'm curious if you've heard of. Have you heard of Banana Land or the Savannah Bananas? I'm assuming that's like Legoland, but with bananas instead of Legos. No, so you haven't heard from them of them. No. Um, no. So there is there is a new docu series show on ESPN Plus called Banana Land. It is fantastic. It is about a team called the Savannah Bananas, <laughs> who are who have been around since 2016. But this year they started to, they introduced a new form of baseball called banana ball, where basically they eliminate all kinds of, they, it's like half circus, half baseball, but it is competitive. Okay, and like when the Harlem Globetrotters play the other team. No, way better than that. That's like okay. just tricks. This is a real game, a real team in a real field that plays against this other team called the Party Animals, but both teams win. Like it's like it's not that the Savannah Bananas win only, and there's this documentary about it on ESPN Plus called Banana Land that you must watch, and then you can watch the games on ESPN Plus, which are so entertaining. There's like one rule: there are no walks. When uh, when you walk, I believe the rule is the entire all the other team has to throw the ball to one another. And the batter has, gets to keep running around the bases until every player on the other team has touched the ball. <laughs> and then they can tag that runner out. Oh, my God. Like, just that's amazing. Uh, there's one player who plays on stilts. Um, like in every team, they, they have to have a, a stilts. Is that no, the same just one of the teams has a first okay. baseman who signs is on stilts. They have uh, their umpire does like these dances when he like strikes someone out like real dances like he humps the ground and stuff and and there's all this fan ex oh if you catch the ball as a fan that's an out oh my god i thought you could say you get to bat but if it's an out even still you get to like that's still like you're participating in the game that's amazing oh and the first pitch yes and the first pitch of a game you know how they usually have a ceremony yeah. of the first pitch yeah the first pitch in banana ball is by someone from the stands. But if it's a strike, then the batter starts out with one strike. If it's a ball, the batter starts out with one ball. Oh my God, this is amazing. You know, if it wouldn't it be amazing if they had MLB the show and you could play banana ball? Oh, I, like, I predict an another prediction. I predict this thing and this guy, forget it, Steve, Jesse Cole, I think is his name, the founder, who's a character unto himself. And he's part of the show and part of what makes this show work. Also, Eric Burns, former big leaguer, is a big part of it. Um, the, I believe by next year or the year after, you're going to see this tour in big league stadiums. And I think it is going to catch on. And it is going to be more of a sideshow form of watching baseball. And maybe the MLB will even take a few of these rules and do them just because they're fun. I love this. I'm so excited. I'm actually just on their website. And I think I want to get a, an all navy bananas hat. It's just a banana swinging yes. a bat. 
a very yes. angry banana. And follow them on TikTok and Instagram. They're great. And then watch the first episode or two of the show and let me know what you think. Oh my God. Thank you for this recommendation. And we should do our own banana ball in the backyard somehow. I want to keep, what I want to do is keep, yeah, we should definitely play. And I want to keep thinking of new rules. Love it. That we can yes. suggest to them to implement. So and before and, we move on, because we have a short show, Aaron, really quick, rapid fire, what's one new rule you would introduce right now? Right now, if there's a rule I could introduce, it would be that I was going to say one that's kind of mean, so I'm not going to do that. Uh, I believe, I actually think what you said, I think there should be a fan at bat every game. Ooh, yeah. Okay, I'll throw in, I love that, because that would just, that would bring fans into the stadium. That would be really smart. Too. Oh, also, this team sells yeah. out every game. They've sold out oh, every wow. game for like six years. Wow. Okay, then the rule I would add is if you catch a ball with your hat instead of your glove, then, like, imagine leaping over the wall and you got your hat up there. If you catch it with your hat or even just a pop-up, then the batter... No, I don't know where I'm going with this. Oh, I have another rule, oh. though. Oh, yes. No, no. Here it is. Here it is. Maybe it's too violent. But then whoever catches it, the batter can still run it out, but then the fielder can actually throw the ball at the runner, the base runner. At any I like that runner. and just hurt them. Yes. And then I want to implement that a runner can actually steal a base if they stole a base. They can actually steal it and run with it and move it to another part of the field <laughs> where it stays for the next batter. So they can either oh, decide yeah. to move it closer to first base. They can decide to move it closer to third base to help themselves, but they can actually steal the base and move it to a different part of the infield. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, another rule before we move on. If you steal a base, you can either choose to take the base that you stole or if you like stole second base, you can say, I'm gonna stay in first base, but then two players of your choosing from the opposing team have to go to first base with each other or second base, because you would have sold second base. And if you would have sold third base, then it's <laughs> oh, the same. Or yeah, or for if it's home plate, then they have to yeah, you know. Cool. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rohit just got sexual. Yeah. Um great. All right. Well so, we're moving on, so I'm I can't wait to hear more yeah. about that. And so a I'm gonna keep this one. Actually, I'm going to wait till next week for this. Okay. Let's move right on to Hopeless TV. Let's do it. I feel hopeless about something baseball. It feels like we're talking a lot about baseball, but I feel we're going to move on to a few other things for our Hope in 60. With baseball, I feel hopeless about one thing on TV. Uh, baseball on oh TV. No. I'm scared of where you're going with this. So, on Sunday morning, I went to go watch the Dodger game, and I couldn't find it anywhere it wasn't on the local channel it wasn't on fox it wasn't on espn it wasn't on uh mlb network it wasn't on tbs it wasn't on tnt so i was like where the heck is this dodger game it was on nbc peacock and i'm like wait so you have to have nbc peacock and go to that streamer to watch sunday morning baseball games and then I looked online and NBC Peacock had made a $30 million a year deal to broadcast 18 9am games in over the season 
And then I did calculation and realized, and by calculation, I mean I counted to eight. And I, I realized that there are eight different platforms right now that you can watch a baseball game on. And it made uh -huh. me just hate all the streamers. I hate where TV has gone. I hate that it's all, like Apple TV has a lot of games too, which is stupid. I just think all of this is incredibly annoying because it used to just be like, you have your local broadcast and you have like the Fox broadcast and ESPN broadcast. All right, so you know there's three channels. Now it's eight and it could be more next year, they say, as they keep making deals with streamers who wanna have a little piece of the pie. And I just, I cannot stand this. I've heard them, I've listened to, to the, to, uh, this is a bad tie-in, but I really, really can't stand how these, this I think the streamer thing is out of control, it's terrible, and it needs to stop. Well, I have a solution for you, Aaron. Yes. Because I don't think the distribution, I don't think the fragmentation is going to come to stop any, to a stop any time. However, this is the most obvious sub, which I don't understand why has not, it's not been implemented yet is for example we're both subscribers to the mlb networks we can watch whatever games not when they're on streamers ex not when they're on streamers or or they're blacked out right yep so why not let's say it's a blacked out feed right because the dodgers are at home or whatever or when the orioles are playing on the local network or they're on espn i can't watch it i have to go to that channel why can't i just get the exact same commercials and the exact same broadcast why does that have to be on my TV TV? Why can't I get that same TV experience? It doesn't change anything for the advertisers. It's just a matter of it comes on my LG TV uh, from my cable box or my LG TV from my Apple TV box. I don't understand why it makes a difference. So I think that blackouts and these fragmented games, fine, the owner of that stream owns the ads, they own the broadcasters, they own all of that, and that's what people see. I just don't get it's it. It's ratings, we know that, it's ratings, it's so that, uh NBC Peacock can say that X amount of people watch that game. But then factor that into the ratings because they tune into that stream. As you know, Big Corp, who owns all these things, is terrible and stupid, and they don't forward think. They follow. And so all these streamers are following one another in order to just have a piece of the action, and so all the parking spot fillers at these companies can keep their jobs, and no one wants to take any risks. And so yep. what your idea is a great idea. It's not going to happen. And this is just super annoying. And you know, and I know, I know we're running short on time. But you know what the crazy thing is to, to add on to that? How dumb this, 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 these ratings are, and how it, they're so ridiculous that the majority of ratings right now, like the Nielsen ratings and everything, they're still determined by a a select number of like less than a thousand households in the U.S. that have a special box that just tracks what they're watching. When meanwhile, most TVs, most people are streaming. Everything is connected. There, you should actually be able to get an exact like an exact amount of people watching whatever your program that you're on. And you know, even all these cable boxes from Frontier or Verizon or whatever, they're connected. So every, it, yep. it, it's, it's crazy that you can't generate exact ratings. You still have to rely on the Nielsen's of the world, which then that's the reason, as you said, because of ratings, that we can't get our streams on our streamers, you know, on our, our the localists. It's all dumb. I feel I no Nielsen. hope. I feel I no Nielsen. hope. You brought me no um, hope. You uh, no I think hope. no. The hope is that uh, that innovation is often the product of pain, and someone <laughs> is going to come fix this. Okay, <laughs> thank you. I'll hope gong that bong. I mean, kind of. All right. So moving on to our favorite K-pop band, BTS. Oh wait, before we go there, before we go there, there's a really quick topic. Have you watched the rehearsal? I've watched the first three. I haven't caught up yet. 
Holy okay, we'll talk when amazing, you're finished. But it's an amazing show. It's an amazing show. It's the weirdest show I've ever seen, and we're not going to tell you exactly what it's about beyond. Imagine if Nathan Fielder could help you rehearse for certain moments of your life. And if you don't know who rehearse. Nathan Fielder is, go watch the show Nathan for you right now. It's on demand, yeah. and it is one of the best shows of the last 10 years. Top three. Yes. Oh, yeah. Or just watch the rehearsal with him. Um, and that. So, that yeah, yeah. real quick, guess the BTS news. We're our yes. favorite K-pop band. We now know their music. We used to not, but they were, they've been our favorites since this show started. Can you guess what they did not show up for, which crushed fans? Uh. I'm gonna guess it was a concert's too obvious. Um, what could you? It must have been a meet and greet, right? It must have been a meet and greet with like in a big arena or something, or not arena, into like a big, I don't know, place, comic At, convention or something. Look, as is usually the case with this segment, you're wrong. <laughs> uh, true. True. It is. I hear you. I listened. You're wrong. They did not show up to the video, the MTV VMAs, the Video Music Awards, uh, because they're all working on their own separate projects now. So they were nominated for a ton of stuff and all that. And like a lot, I think most of the members, maybe all the members, did not show up. And it crushed the BTS army, BTS fans around the world who are excited to see BTS. And they are, when they've been on shows and stuff, and I've seen them, they are really fun to watch. Like they're, 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 they're great. So it's really sad that they didn't show up. I didn't watch the VMAs, but I read that they didn't show up and it made me sad. So Aww. to everyone out there who loves BTS, I'm sorry, I feel your pain. Well, they still show up in our hearts. And yes, in our hearts and our souls and in our Hope in 60 Seconds. Yes. It's time you... to do Hope in 60 Seconds. Everyone's favorite segment on this show, whose favorite segment is Hope in 60 Seconds. Yes, so we're so Aaron and I each will have a topic. I'm going to start off, Aaron, um, and I'll give take about thirty seconds to explain the problem, and then you can answer it in sixty uh, before the buzzer rings. And starting, so the World Economic Forum, the WEF, uh, you know, which obviously has its hands in every major nation trying to plan the world's economics. Um, I don't necessarily agree with the economics, but they have some good things. However, they just got inflamed. They got inflamed recently uh, for continuing to push bugs. Um, with there's this tweet that's it's from last year, but it's popping out again. And uh, but it says they tweeted when anti when being anti bug is bigotry. Billions of people across the world eat insects as part of their daily diet. We ask, is it racist to not want to transition to a bug based diet? <laughs> what? They, their their whole thing is like, oh, we need to start eating bugs because the way we're trying to play in economics, yeah, it's gonna be like, uh, we have to like share resources and all this kind of shit. All right, hope. I can give you hope in two words. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> fuck the WEF and fuck eating bugs. I have eaten bugs. I've eaten fat fucking worms that are the size of my fucking pinky. Um, and I've I've and look eaten at what happened grasshoppers. To you. I know. Look at what happened to you. I'm a mess. So as long as, <laughs> yeah, I'm really happy that, all right, that you responded that viscerally as well. So and you actually, get it. you get it. Yeah. And maybe, maybe more people are against bugs that I'll actually then take away WEF's sort of Machiavellian uh, fucking uh, takeover of the world. That was um, so all right. Stupid. All right. Yeah. All right. So you're up. Go. You've been to Six Flags Great Adventure in New Jersey. I've been to Six Flags Hell Great yeah. Adventure in New Jersey a bunch of times as kids. And, uh, they their ride El Toro, which I which mm -hmm. at least the last time I went there it was my favorite ride. Big, it's, huge wooden roller coaster that's just nuts. It's bananas. Amazing, amazing. And apparently some people like hurt their backs on it. Something on the ride didn't go great. 
and people got hurt and they've shut it down indefinitely. Oh, well, first of all, there's signs. If you have back problems, like don't ride this ride. I've gotten, I've slammed my knees on the runaway train, which is another ride of Six Flags Great Adventure because like the carts are too tiny. Oh, I've done that I've, one. That's not uh, as good as El Toro. Uh, I threw out my back on Matterhorn when I was at Disney years ago. Um, but then again, I don't have a great back. So that's, I get that's my problem. It's very jerky. You just gave um, me hope. That's it. You just gave me hope. And which is? You just did the Matterhorn again. And, oh. you, and you didn't throw out your back. It shows that people can come back from an injury on a roller coaster and do it again and not get injured. And you know what? True story, Aaron, because I used to throw my back a lot. I still kind of do sometimes that taught me is like, I need to start working on my core. <laughs> really? So the matter this or... is actually, yeah. So the Toro should be reopened and then it will actually help physical, physical fitness in the United States. Thank you. That was, the, that's, that was a great, I, man, thank you for that. I feel so You're... much better. Woo. <laughs> wow. And, uh, and everyone, if you go to Six Flags Great Adventure, demand El Toro gets reopened because it's so cool. Um, all right, so we have one submission, and then we're, our show is done. So, Rohit, you get to take this. Oh, boy. You get to take this one. Um, so the, the submission is, I'm just pulling it up. Where is it? Um... The submission is, this was uh, someone talking about reproductive rights mm-hmm. um, and uh, abortion. They said, you're saying you think the lives of mothers do not matter, question mark. Not very pro-life, more like pro-Taliban. So, Rohit, someone just said that I am not very pro-life, I'm more pro-Taliban because the question was, I'm saying that I think the lives of mothers do not matter because I'm pro-abortion. So can you try to decipher this, decipher why I then became Taliban and and answer, this is Stephanie Steffa from Alabama. Stephanie, first of all, thank you for the note. Um, It's a submission, it's a full submission. Oh, sorry, that's for the submission. I wonder, uh, well, I guess, should we I, break it down? Like, I mean, you, yeah, let's, let's break it down real quick because here's, here's where I'm taking it is like, if you are pro choice, you put the, what you believe is that, you know, it's a woman's right to choose her body is the dominion of her own. Nobody else's. Um, and it's, Oftentimes, it's meant to protect the mother from not only life-threatening uh, deliveries, but also, you know, career and financially and just like, you know, even in cases of rape, abortion is proven to protect the mother. It is designed to protect the mother. So I'm not sure, Steph, unless maybe Aaron, am I misunderstanding? No, I'm just, I, I'm enjoying your interpretation. So then after that, she said, I am not, meaning me, Aaron, am not pro-choice i'm pro-taliban so can you respond to her on that topic well i do know you love the taliban (laughs) but not because of this um so i it's a complicated it's complicated um aaron i honestly i 
Stephanie, maybe can you actually, so if you're listening out there, can you actually write back and clarify? Because I feel Aaron's pro-choice standing doesn't make him Taliban, wouldn't make me Taliban. But please, honestly, we want to we want to answer this because I, I think something must have gotten lost in the translation. I don't speak Talibanese. Um, <laughs> Despite what I look like, I know a lot of you listeners are calling bullshit on that. But oh, that guy's totally like been to Taliban chapter meetings. Um, <laughs> so, truth be told, I never get invited anymore. Um, so, Steph, please, please uh, clarify your question, and thank you yes. so much for the for the very generous submission. And yes. with that, thank you everyone for listening. This has been the, the theme is listening. We've covered so many topics today, and. Uh, with that, thank you for listening. Go follow us on all the socials. And yep. until next time, I'm Aaron. This is Rohit. And keep listening. Stay hopeful. Hope is dope. Love you all. When the world seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore, here it comes, that glimmer of hope. A light shines through the dark. It's a hopeless show. With Aaron and Rohit, whoa. It's a hopeless show.